Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real-life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello and welcome to the show. Today's guest is Jimmy Edwards here in the studio, which is always a, a real pleasure and preferred over the virtual stuff. But uh, Jimmy and I had a great conversation, very high-energy guy, a guy that built his multifamily business. He's uh, one of the co-founders of High Five Multifamily and their Texas-based operator in a couple of different markets. But he built his company uh, from scratch, started out with, with smaller stuff and scaled into large multifamily deals they're doing today. But you're going to get it all in the story, the pain of the corporate world, the, uh, the breakthrough to being an entrepreneur, the early struggles through to building a team and doing large deals and doing a lot of large deals that they're doing now. So I think there's a lot that will resonate in Jimmy's story for, um, for a lot, a lot of you guys, uh, certainly resonated for me. It's kind of, kind of paralleled my story. So, uh, we had a great time. Jimmy's a high energy guy. There's going to be a lot of nuggets for you to get out of this interview, whether you're a passive investor or an operator or, uh, interested in being one of those two, you name it. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation with Jimmy. Before we jump in, a quick note here from our sponsors. Uh, if you'd like to see DJE's upcoming investment projects and you're not currently in our investor portal, you can just go to djetexas.com and register there to get access. We can uh, get to know you, show you our company, case studies, get you in the portal, the whole thing. Uh, it's free and easy to do at djetexas.com. Secondly, if you are an aspiring apartment operator, you want to go out and do these deals, maybe scale up your business or maybe leave your corporate job through apartment investing, we built a whole ecosystem and set of tools at apartmenteducators.com. There's actually a free eight-part course that I teach their video series that you can get at apartmenteducators.com. We've also got events and lots of other uh, great stuff there for you, so check that out if that's uh, interesting to you. Okay. Let's get into our episode here with Jimmy. Here we go. Jimmy, welcome to the show. How are uh, you, sir? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Good to have you in the studio. It's always the best. So you were down in San Antonio checking on some properties, and we set it up. So thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. I know it was a little short notice. No, it's perfect. Uh, we So we were talking to Dallas, I think, at the old Capitol Conference a little while back. Yeah. And yeah. uh, kind of planted the seed to do this. And then now you're down here touring, touring some San Antonio assets, which is cool. So thanks for making some time to stop by, man. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad to be here. Um, well, look, I want to dive into all your deals and get into all that stuff. But just kind of let's back up a little bit for those listening that haven't met you. What What's your story, man? How did you, you know, where'd you grow up? How'd you get sure, into real estate? Sure, sure. So I'm a native Texan. Grew up in Austin. Was raised in Austin. Went to Texas Tech University. Nice. Yep. Um, shortly after, moved to Houston. And uh, maybe back up a little bit, but I got a degree in finance with an emphasis in real estate. And Perfect. So, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. TG up nice. Yeah. And, it, and it, you know, it, I, I, I didn't start that way, right? So right. I, I got an engineering scholarship. Yep. Hated it. Okay. Um, you know, was always good at math, but it just didn't it, – it was man, it was boring, you know? Right. Um, so – I realized that everyone I enjoyed being around was in the business school. So I was like, yeah, let's go right. to business. Cool. Um, yeah. Good that thing worked to out discover. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got into, uh, was in marketing. Finally decided, hey, I need a little bit more push. Let's get into finance. Got into finance. That got really hard. Yeah. And instead of Corp 3, Accounting 3, all these classes, I discovered you could take intro to real estate. 
Mm-hmm. So my senior year, I took intro to real estate. Read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The, that was the first class. The professor was like, hey, you got to read this book. No kidding. Read that book. Not surprising. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Every Game changer. The purple I know Bible. what I want to do in life now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, so the professor turns you on to that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, Kiyosaki's like anti, uh, you know, higher education. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah. And so, like, I was in this, you know, go to school, get a job, finance was going to be the way to make money. Yep. And then, you know, took intro to real estate, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then just everything made sense, right? So, yep. Um, super fascinating. Moved down to Houston, started selling high rise, new construction, high rise condos, and, 2006. I mean, I was just as a broker. Yeah. 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 2006. When did Enron go down after that? Yeah. 2008 ish. So Houston was just rough. Oh, it was on fire. Pre pre housing crash. Yeah. Pre Enron crash. Right. Or was Enron before? I don't remember, but the housing crash was yet to come. Yeah. Yeah. It had not come yet. Yeah. So I got a job in a trailer on a piece of land. Yeah. To build two 400 unit towers. Love it. And so, like, I was just. Downtown? Uh, yeah. Uh, Herman Park Medical District. Okay. Yep. Yep. We were right across from Herman Park Golf Course. Yeah. Um, I remember running into, like, I don't know if, you know, if you know much about, but I ran into Scarface, who's like a Houston rapper on the golf course one time. I'm like, dude, that's Scarface. That's you know, like totally, you know, just anyways, geeked out about that. And yeah. So, did that for a couple years and around 2008, kind of. Started feeling, you know, we'd built one tower. Yep. You know, we, and we were selling, I was selling bulk packages to like South American investors, like 10 units at a time. Like They're just scooping them up. Construction prices just, you know. Yeah. Love it. And yeah. then, you know, kind of started seeing the tides turning. Sure. And um, um, was looking around, kind of, you know, trying to figure out what my next move was. Ended up moving to Dallas. Yeah. And this was... Right. So Lubbock, Houston, Dallas, you're yep. just like, oh yeah, all around. The whole Started in Austin, to yep. Lubbock to Houston to Dallas. I've been in Dallas since 2009. Yeah. Um, so right around 2009, moved to Dallas, did a couple things, and then ended up at Countrywide. Yep. Everything had pretty much crashed, and you know, so you're Countrywide after the crash. Correct. Yeah. Because I mean, everybody was there before. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I kind of fell into it, and I had a finance background. Loved real estate. Yep. And they were hiring right crazy because rates were going down. Yep. So they were doing all these refinances, refis, refis. Sure. Had all these government programs. Hey, even if you're underwater. We well, got something for you. We got something for you. Yeah. So just hiring. And I like, I met a tons of dude from auto finance because auto finance crashed. Yeah. And so just everyone was going in to mortgages. So I, country I was hiring, learned the biz, mortgage business. Yeah. Bank of America was forced to hire. To, to, to absorb countrywide. Right. So then I was a Bank of America employee. And then we got into like scripts and red tape. Oh, and big time, baby. All, yeah. Bank and I, of America. And, and I was like, all right, dude. Like, I mean, I'm good at this, but like I got to. So made my way to a smaller shop. Yep. Um, little branch. There's probably about 10 of us. It was called Veterans United. So I was doing VA home loans. So yep. that was like super rewarding. Yep. Um, getting a bunch of veterans into, into, you know, active military veterans, zero down. I mean, you yep. know, um, doing massive volume. And then in 2012, um, they shut our branch down. Hmm. And that's probably a story for, you know, another time. But, okay. um, we, I mean, we were doing tons of volume, but 
there was some conflict between the branch manager and corporate office. And I think there was probably some sort of franchise agreement. So right. they couldn't let him go, but they downs and you know, and long story, but um, I got a, you know, I got a severance check was probably, you know, a 10th of the amount of volumes of commission I had in my pipeline. Yeah. Um, they kept my pipeline. They kept my team. Sure. Um, downsized us. And um, so I lined up, you know, a couple gigs, um, picked one. Uh, and on my third day, I just, you know, I was going up the elevator and I was like, this is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, this is yeah. not, not feeling it. Yep. Um, and so I didn't know what I was going to do, but I sat around for two weeks and, you know, talked to a couple people and I ended up talking to my old processor and she was like, dude, why don't you flip some houses? You've been saying you've always wanted to do that for yeah. so long. Right. But I was, I just got in this, like, you know, had I, my peripherals were closed just, yep. you know, and, and the, you know, the entrepreneur spirit was kind of, uh, just kind of dormant, right? Dormant. That's yeah. what I'm looking for, yeah. you know? And, um, so I was like, dude, dude you know, like, um, so I had this like $30,000 severance check. And, you know, the other part of the story is, is that I had, you know, I'm, I, I was say I'm just a blue collar guy from Austin, right? Sure. Like, you know, I, I really didn't know too many you know, you know, wealthy people. And so I didn't really, you know, I didn't have a lot of guidance, but I, I met yep. a family friend and he was a multimillionaire and he said, Hey, you know, any spare change you got, you should put it in an apple. So I was like making all this big money from 2009 to 12. I mean, I was like 28 years old, making way more money than I should have. Yeah. And just, yeah, I mean, it was so, but I was shoveling money into Apple, Apple, okay. Apple. That's what someone told me to do. Didn't know any better. Sure. Yeah. And in 2012, you know, I'd probably put in about 50 grand and it was worth a hundred. Steve jobs died, psh, went down to 40. Yep. And then two or three months later got let go from my loan officer job. Perfect. And so I, yeah. I was like, shit, man, like this, th can I do that? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm sitting here and I'm like, I invested in stocks that nothing I can control. Yep. Value dropped. Yep. Killing it at my job. Didn't make any mistakes got let go Rug and i'm pulled. like dude i gotta take control of my destiny amen you know yep so i pulled out of apple took my severance bought a sixty thousand dollar house put 10 grand into it sold it for 90 and i was like i like this let's yeah. go so do that deal all day yeah yeah so we did 100 more from 13 to 17 oh it's my you're, you're speaking you know, my language you know man. just started speaking my language. turning them turning yep. and i loved it loved was it, this loved all in it. dallas it was all in dallas yeah yep, yep. Yeah. but but did one or two wholesale deals um in austin just a deal that came our way made a lot of sense yep. you know bought it you know did a wholesale and um but we we're mo you know mostly fixing flips and you know doing fix and flips every once in a while you know at wholesale something but our business was really just you know fixing flipping um, yeah you know, we had the capital to do it. We we're generating, you know, revenue each time, profits. Um, and kind of 2000, 2016, I think we did like 40 or 50 deals. So that was a big year. Huge year, yeah. And then like just kind of looked at it like, hey, how are we going to scale this, right? Like are we going to do more houses? Ten markets. You know, ten markets. Yeah, like, right. You know, right. And then we kind of looked at it and I'm like, these size deals, you know, the 200 to 300 price range was like the butter. And I'm like, let's focus. Why don't we do less deals with bigger margin yep. and scale that way? So 20, that's what 2017 was. So we did less deals, made more money. I'm like, that was great. Sure. You know? And then it's like, okay, well, now what? Should, you know, and are we going to do 
bigger deals, you know, let's do $800,000, $900,000 houses. And I just always felt that was like real risky because in the two hundred to $300,000 range, if you miss on the sale, you've got a good chance of renting it out and covering your Yeah, name. and you got a big buyer pool. You do. That's yeah. a really good market. Yep. Um, and Million-dollar house, it, buyer pool's picky, it, small. Right. It's uh, got to be on point with the renovation. Days on market are high. Yeah. It's just yeah. tricky. It's, it's it tricky. is. It is. And so, you know, and then I'm like, well, maybe what about new construction? And I always, maybe that's going back to like my previous experience in Houston. I always, I just, I, I didn't, I'm like to do new construction, you should probably be in that same price range to make it worth your time, yep. you know, 750 to a million. And I'm like, it's a long map. And, you know, if you miss or the market turns, you're, it, it, it's tough. It's and not so, going to cash flow. It's not going to it. Right, yeah. right. And so I'd been, you know, we'd flip four or five houses. I'd scoop up a rental, flip four or five houses, scoop up a rental. So nice. I was building a rental portfolio. I enjoyed the, how that was treating us. Um, and then in like around that same time, we're trying to figure out how we're going to scale in 2018. And we had a house in a nice neighborhood, that 250 to 350 price range. Um, ended up having to redo all the plumbing, so knock out 15 grand there. Yeah. And um, so we still had some money. We could make a little bit of money. Listed the house, same weekend, five to seven other rehabs come on the market. So uh, this pocket just pff, saturated. Yep. And um, so everybody's at a race to sell theirs first, drop in price, drop in price. And I'm like, dude, I'm, let's ride it out. So we ride it out. And I think we had a hard money loan on that one because, of, you know, we bought it in, you know, seven days or something. It was a good deal. But, yep. you know, a lot of our deals, you know, had a solid bank relationship and we'd get – you know, good debt, right, on those deals. So that Single our, digit rates. Yeah, stuff like that. yeah, yeah, not the hard money stuff. And yep. every once in a while we find a deal. There's a place for hard money, but I had mostly used bank bank debt. Um, and uh, so, you know, we end up, I think we took a loss on that, you know, probably like 10 grand loss. Yep. And it was right about the same time I was like, how are we going to scale? Bigger houses, new construction. And then I started learning about apartments. Yeah. I'm like, you can do a 12, 15, 20, 30, 100 unit deal, you can flip it, renovate it, force the appreciation. But not only that, like while you're doing it, they're covering your nut. Yeah. Right. Man. And so, like, it was kind of just all that, like, I feel like everything that I've in my path has, like, I try to look at it like, hey, this happened for a reason. Yes. You know what I mean? I learned yep. something here yep. and it pushed me in a direction for growth. Right. Through and, pain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, so I'm like, whoa. So anyways, like totally got really excited about apartments. I think, you know, we bought our first deal in like February 2018. So like two months later, I bought a 16 unit deal and it was a total, I mean, it was an F. Should have been condemned. And, um, First time I've ever heard somebody admit. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a yeah, C minus. It wasn't a C minus. It, was it wasn't even a D. It was an F. Love it. And uh, 16 units. 16 units. Dallas. In Dallas, Grand Prairie, Texas. Okay. In a C plus neighborhood. Okay. Um. And a 20-year owner, never put a dime into it, total slumlord. Perfect. You yeah. know, rents were 500 Our pro forma was like 1050 Oh, my yeah. word. Yeah. I mean, just – and we probably spent – and they were townhomes, so it was a townhome deal. And, um, you know, we probably spent fifteen grand a door. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, but it needed everything. Um, and it's one of those deals where you're like, you know, these tenants weren't qualified, but – and the guy was going – Every month and collecting cash. Yeah. Like cash deal. Unqualified tenants. Yeah. 
and you know and you're walking it and it's just one of those deals where you're like this place should be condemned why are these people living here and it's like because no one else will take them and it's yep. just like it just was this little you know that's how it is right so there's a lot of opportunity and it's an interesting deal because we we went in and you know i mean man it was like poking the hornet's nest man oh just, i can imagine showed up it was just you know our manager got chased down with a baseball bat like they were shooting guns in the air like you know we perfect first, i mean it was yeah it was it was it was it was a rough spot yeah yeah and um so we started renovating units we got one rented for like 1100 over pro forma um we still had three or four bad apples in there the weekend she moved in they kicked her door down stole her big screen yeah so we're like, all right, like we, uh, all that's right, your new tenant paying eleven hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. We're like, we get it, we we get it. Let's keep renovating. We need to get these last couple people out. Yeah, we got them out, filled it back up, completely retented it, renting yep. units for like eleven fifty, something like that. And it's an interesting story because the city, at some point, saw we were painting, red tagged us, shut us down. We go down to City Hall and, and they're like, hey, man, like, you know, we're, we're not trying to screw with your permitting process. Like, we want to help you. Yeah. We couldn't get a hold of you. So we red tagged you so that we could get in touch with you. So we go in and sit. The at city a, said that. The city said that. Wow. So we go. That's down, awesome. It, oh, it was so cool. It's amazing. We, we go down to the police station. Yeah. Ten people in the room. Round table. Chief of Grand Prairie Police. Housing development. The whole everyone. And you had their attention. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we want to help. We've this and, and and part of the reason we knew this was going to be a, a good property is a part across from a five acre park. Yeah, beautiful. Kids don't play there. Like we roll up at ten in the morning to do due diligence, and like they're already sitting out in lawn chairs, you know, brown bagging it, drinking forties, and I'm ah! like, so like kids aren't. It's not family friendly, <laughs> right? And so this little develop this little apartment complex was the magnet. For of all the crime of the crime everywhere yeah man and they're like we yeah. will do everything we can to help you because once this property changes the whole neighborhood's gonna feel good again yeah and um so we go through the process they, they help us we it was only a 16 unit deal but we set up our first renovation unit into like an office so yeah that we could have presence on site keep them you know keep the the bad people away yep um and uh we, we called it a cop stop so the cops would come by we'd give them a soda coffee food whatever and yeah they really it. helped and they put up some of those you know mall sky cams and just really got involved and you know fast forward i think we did it in like 26 months um fast forward and you know we show up when we're listing the property we've taken rents from 500 to 1150 families in here just totally killing it and um People are loving the property, and, and we pull up to, to do the listing, and there's, like, kids playing soccer at the park. Insane. And, I mean, it was, yeah. it was just, like, it was really, you know, and I'm like, dude, like. It's like a movie. It is a movie, man. <laughs> and so, right. I, I, you know, I, li I like the creative process of taking, a, you know, something, you know, not desirable and, and yeah. making it nice. But yep. when I got into multifamily, there was an added layer of that of, like, seeing you know the families like you know totally. have a nice like it some was, of these things you're it's community building yeah it's yeah. not always that sometimes you buy a cleaner asset yeah. that's you know whatever you're just going to kind of clean it up but sometimes it's like that, a turnaround yeah. community building yeah thing. and that's what, crazy that's what i was like man i can get into this yep so then you know we after we bought that deal um we bought a hundred unit deal that was like 50 percent occupied out in lubbock yep and i uh, took it down to like 30 percent yeah 
brought it back up to 92. Yep. Sold it. I think we sold that one. And so the first one, the 16 unit was like a 26 month turnaround. I think we almost doubled people's. Well, that one actually we did. We have four partners on that one. And we actually did a 1031 and do a Lubbock deal. Yeah. So we, I think we put in about 350 on that one. Ended up 1030 wanting like 700. So yeah. like a, a 2X multiple. 1031 that 700 into Lubbock. And now here three years later, I'm looking at the equity on that deal and it's probably about like 4 million. So just now looking to probably exit that one. Yeah. A bigger, nicer asset. So yep. we've done the heavy, hard lifts, you know, and starting I think small, starting yep. small yep. Um, stuff that other people didn't want to touch that we were comfortable with a 50% deal. Yeah. Um, you know, we bought some, you know, I think uh, one of them was like shoebox financials, like couldn't get a good loan. Like, but you know, I was like, Hey, this is a good good deal let's sure. buy this sure um and then now you know we're kind of the, the progression right like let's do bigger deals let's do nicer deals more operational aspects right now right. that we know how we you know we're, we're i know how we can manage it right i know yep. what the efficiencies are so we've really learned a lot um and just you know trying to scale you know we're yep. selling two deals this year we're down here um getting one ready to list and then another one that we have we really just been um, I think we've owned it three or four months. So still, you know, turning the gears on the CapEx oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, tenant processes and, and stuff. So, you know, just kind of the evolution of, you know, um, of the business. So it's, it's been a fun, fun journey so far. Yeah, man, that that's so awesome. I love that story. That's uh, that's my story too, right? right? You, you have a corporate aha, <laughs> yeah. getting flipping houses. Right. You inevitably run into how do we scale this? Well, mm -hmm. you don't. Right, right, you know? yeah. There's not a publicly traded house flipping company. Right, right. It doesn't. It do, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's like if you want to do more houses, you got to get more crews. And yeah. that's like – or you go into the wholesale part. But, yeah. you know, I, but I, what I learned and, and, as, and, and as I was – like I was still ma doing direct mail. Yep. And towards 2018, like everyone was getting into like – ringless voicemail and 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 super all super advanced systems way automated army like, of filipino va exactly. i mean just it's a, like a science yes right? it is yeah. and like i didn't come from tech and the guys were winning came from tech <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and i'm like I, I don't i can't and so it got super competitive and then that you know that was around the, again the same time moved into apartments like hey this yeah. is how we scale yeah you know? yeah so. and i love it man it seems like you know bigger cleaner Seems yes. to be the, the trajectory. But once you've got that operational experience on basically the hardest things you can right. imagine. Right. Kind of makes that bigger stuff. Like, oh, this is I know what to do here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, is like simple. tweaks. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Just do it a little bit better than the last guy. Right. You know, right. Like they they did the hard, you know, the hard lift. But I can do better than this. You know, yeah. like and it's funny because we're always whenever we're looking at a deal, you Google it. Right. And I'm like, oh, this this guy. He's not on the internet. Let's yeah. buy this deal. Yeah, exactly. This is a no. If he's not on the internet, we can definitely do better than him. Yeah, you know, 10 other things he's not doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, like how do you structure these deals? Um, sure. What are you doing for equity, right? Because now you're getting a bigger deal. Yeah. Millions yeah. of dollars of equity. Right. Uh, did, did you grow the investor base along the way? I did. Or? Okay. I did. Started out um, in a ment local mentorship program in Dallas. Um, just kind of started building our database, shaking hands, buying deals. Um, you know, we did our first deal kind of as a, we didn't raise equity, but the second one raised a million dollars. And awesome. at the time I was like, dude, a million dollars, that's a lot of money. That's serious. Yeah. Um, I think we had like 25 investors, Love it. um, you know, and it was a handful of people from, you know, each one of us in that, 
in that partnership. Yep. And um, uh, so we raised a million bucks on that deal. Um, the next deal we did was um, the 1031, so we didn't have to raise any money. And then we did another syndication, which is the San Antonio deal. And I think we did a $2 million raise on that one. And it, yeah. you know, every, each time it gets a little bit easier. But as you go through that first raise and you're like, man, that was tough, you start – in your day-to-day business, you start realizing like part of my daily tasks is to grow my database. So yeah. as you're looking for deals, you're growing your database. You're talking to people. You're building your network. And so we just over the last, I mean, what did we start? 2018. It's it's. I mean, it's been four years. You know. Yeah. Um. So we just over time, I think you know, I'm, our database now is like 800 people, which yeah. feels pretty a big accomplishment, growing from like 12. Right. Um. So. Um, and every single one of those people has been, you know, I've talked to them, we've, we've talked to them on the phone or met them in person. So yep. like, it's a true database of people we know. Um, and the last raise we did was like 6 million. Um, Beautiful. That's and, huge. Yeah. Jump, yeah. It was Love a big it. leap. Congrats. 2 million to six and, yep. um, you know, and, and we raised the money and, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're taking a lot of phone calls. You're talking to a lot of people, but, uh, it'd been a while since we raised money. The last time we raised money was. February 2019. Okay. So 2019 and then 2020 was COVID and then yeah. last year was 21. So it'd been about two years since we'd raised money. So it yeah. was, but what I realized through that process is I think that the more opportunities you have, the more deals you put out, the more people you talk to, it might not be, you know, maybe they're looking 90 days out or maybe somebody got money because they, so I, I, our goal this year is to do more deals. Yeah. I feel like the more deals you do, it actually should be easier to raise capital because right. you're consistently touching more people. You've got more opportunities, more visibility. And then also, you know, you're getting referrals. You're talking to their friends, their neighbors. And so you're still building your list. And exactly. I mean, every new prospective investor you talk to has an entirely new network. Right. So, you know, the network effect of that, of having just one new node on that network, and then there's boom you've got that and it it does it does snowball right you know? especially it's funny you know we're, we're like raising capital the best way to raise capital is have a live deal right yeah which is sucks because that's when <laughs> all the work is happening yeah. too right. at once right you're like man why can't i just like spread this out right right uh, you right. can't right no. so but if you if you're launching deals man you're talking to new investors you're talking to people and and keeping it going so i think that strategy 100 percent right. works yeah yeah know? so just more deals, more yeah. at bats. It's not a fit for everybody. Right. I used when I started the company, I used to try to like keep track of where everybody, all the all the twenty investors were at, right? In terms of what they wanted to do this year, right. but right. you know, you talk to somebody this week and they're in. Next week they're out because something, something happened. Happened. So I was like, oh, I'm giving up on that. Right. Like, here's the deal. If you yeah. want in, great. If yeah. not, great. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't keep track of. Right. You know all yeah, of yeah. it. So, uh, but yeah, launching deals, having deal flow. It improves everything. I think so. Right, improves everything. I think so. So, okay, you guys want to do a bunch of deals? What, what, uh, all Texas, certain markets, yeah. or what? What's the game plan? So, I've, I, we've, we, you know, we started in Dallas. We're, we live in Dallas. I, I mean, I could, I know every zip code in Dallas. Yep. I'm sure, San Antonio is the same yep. for yeah, you, sure. right? Like, yeah. I flipped a house in every single zip code. So when apartment comes available, I know what it's that. I know the intersection, right? Yep. So super easy. Yep. Um. Lubbock, we knew Lubbock because we went, Catherine and I, my, my business partner, we went to college in tech. So, like, yeah. we were looking at deals up there. We knew it. Yep. Um, so, we bought deals in Lubbock. San Antonio, we're familiar with it. 
um, you know, just from being a Texan. And I think kind of now we're we're looking to exit Lubbock and be. I, I really like the I thirty five corridor Dallas down to San Antonio. Yeah, I don't think you can lose. Uh, yep. Um, I like Houston. Um, don't know much as much about it as the I thirty five corridor, but there's certain pockets that I'm interested in. Sure. Um, I think there's still value there right now. Um, you know, Houston's a, a different market that I'm still learning. Um, but I-35 corridor, and so I'm just sitting here, and I was, you know, talking to, I don't know, a broker, someone last week, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the Northeast, and I'm looking at, you know, Virginia and the Carolinas and Georgia, and I'm, you know, there, there's five states, and then there's Texas. So Dallas, San Antonio, Houston, Austin, I mean, that's five different states in different parts of the country. Really like, is, yeah. There's a, you can do, a, there's more deals in Texas than I can take down yep so like for me and i you know i believe there's opportunities in those areas carolinas virginia course, yeah. florida arizona colorado like there's opportunities there but i'm like shoot man like i can i can hit this texas triangle and and you know stay focused here and know this market really really well yep and i've learned about myself over the past like 15 years like I'm really, really good. I can multitask, but like my best superpower is like when I'm laser focused on something like, you know what I mean? And, and so for me, it's like instead of trying to figure out 15 markets, like let's double down on the markets that I already understand. Yeah. And you're already in multiple markets. Yeah. Yeah. So now you've yeah. got you've got ends. Right. All those. Right. Right. Plenty enough to hit your your target. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And keep a handful of broker relationships yes. and kind of just keep that yeah. rolling. Your investors probably like that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you're not trying out new, new know, Phoenix or whatever. Right. It might be great. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're starting from zero. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, and that's kind of the thing. Like, we, you know, we started in a new market each time. And then as I look at it, I'm like, let's just scale the markets we already know. Because Love it. When you go to a new market, it's like, all right, now you're finding – new management company or new vendors or new, like whatever, yeah, you know, um, cause we're still doing third party management. Sure. Um, you know, but as we scale, maybe that'll change, but like, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's already hard with the labor market, yeah, you know? Totally. And so like, you know, it's like, all right, we have these vendor relationships in this Texas triangle. Like let's just scale that, you right. know? So right. that's been our, kind of thought process and it's an easier story to tell if it's like oh it's this company that's that already has a presence here right right, right. rather than uh and credibility with everybody your property management your brokers right sellers right thing right right yeah we just got beat out we're we, we're looking in houston yep. haven't bought a deal that there before and um just last week same thing like you know off-market deal put in a put it put in an loi at the seller's asking price yeah and um they took another offer and it was probably I don't know if it was more or less or the same, but the story was, um, you know, we took an offer with someone that's already well known in the market. Yeah. So like, you know, yep. um, so been on both. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, we've been on the other side. On the other side. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, yeah, San Antonio yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. We exactly. own the property next door. <laughs> right. Like, right. Well, okay. Similar terms. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's kind of the thought process is like, let's just continue to build on those relationships in the markets that we're in. Yep. You know, yep. Uh, Lubbock's been good to us, but um, I think we want to move back closer to, again, that Texas triangle. Sure. Um, you know, there's a little bit more population growth, a little bit more, 
the labor market, I, you know, is easier to work with. Kind of concentrated there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know? for sure. So just kind of staying there. Um, love that market. It's been great to us, but you know, I think we just want to get in, into the bigger MSAs, yeah. you know, to, just for scalability, reasons. scalability lenders like it. Yeah. I mean the yep. whole, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome, man. What would you say to, what would you say, I guess, to your former self, right? Maybe when you were in that, cause some, I think kind of the audience of this podcast is aspiring operators sure. and then maybe like curious first time passive investors that are like, sure. is this thing real? Right. Like, right. You know, sure. money in a real estate deal, but there's 20 of us. What's going right. on? So, so for that, that aspiring operator, you know, you, before you had that kind of corporate pain point to, sure. to get out, what do you, what do you say to that person? You, you just participate really. Mm -hmm. And that's really been kind of my, every time I like, you know, as an entrepreneur, like, there's peaks and valleys, right? And like, and for me, like, I, I, it's like a freight train, man. You got to keep the momentum. Like, right. when I slow down, like, I slow down. Um, and it's, and sometimes it's not always healthy, right? And so just like, and that's really also part of like why I want to do more deals. It keeps the, the, the link between the peaks and valleys is shorter, right? So you stay on top more. Right. Um, and really like, that's always been my, like, sometimes I'll get like burnout and I'm like, dude, you know, the easiest way to lift yourself back up is, is to participate. Right. And so like right. getting in and participating. Right. Um, and then really like, you know, I've read tons of books, um, you know, and, and kind of like the e-myth and, and, you know, just being like a, a, a solopreneur, you know, cause I've always been like, a sales guy. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been able to like, you know, go out and kill my meat, yep. you know? And, yep. And I, and what I've learned about myself is again, going back to like what I'm good at, like when I can build a team up around me and I can go hunt and have them process it is yep. like when everybody gets to eat really well. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, but it took me, a, it, you know, it's taken me a long time to figure that out. And um, you know, it really started when I was in the loan business, like I was doing everything myself and then I got a processor. Well, surprise, surprise, they process the deals. I can go get more deals and we both eat more. Sure. And so I just started building these teams and then started over flipping houses, built teams, started over multifamily, built teams. Um, but really getting into multifamily, it was new for me to have, like you said, like 20 investors in a deal or four you know, principles in the deal. Sure. Um, and it, you know, it, it took a while to retrain my brain that like, you know, Hey, I can do this. I can, I can figure it out. Like I was just saying this morning at breakfast, like I've got some hobbies and I'm, I'm rebuilding a truck and, you know, but I've, I've always liked like, you know, taking something apart and building it back up. Cause right. I, I like to learn it. Right. But then when I got into multifamily, I realized like, you know, there's a lot more to it. Like, you know, and, and I read the book called Dan Sullivan called Who Not How. Love Dan Sullivan. Oh, man. I mean, Love him. that that book blew my mind because yep. I've always tried to, like, figure it out. And then I'd stumble because I'd get overwhelmed. Like, I got to figure all this out. And it's like, hey, dude, you don't have to figure all this out. Like, find the guy that already knows how to do it. You know, let's team up, partner, right? And there's yep. synergy there. And so then really, you know, it kind of morphed into this, like, you know, thing. Like, I'm still, like the deal finder. Right. And then my main partner, Catherine, like she's got a construction background. Yeah. And then we partner with other people that have various backgrounds that tend to be in, you know, asset management type roles. Right. Yep. Like, you know, so that, you know, we really have like these synergies of, 
you know, everyone's kind of got their lane. Right. And everyone can stay focused in their lane. Like we can all do a lot of things together. Huge deals. Yeah. And you still get to use that hunt and kill instinct. Right. For the benefit of the group. Of everyone. Yeah. Like what's not to love about that? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So like I've really enjoyed it. So just I mean, you know, and it's like like I said earlier, like at every turn, you know, turn of the process, like there's been a pain point, but it's always turned into something that's elevated it to the next level so i mean really you know that's a i, I really want to underscore that right and and that's a hundred percent been my experience right uh we, we try to avoid pain but right. i try to tell that to people too like my businesses are where they are all because of massive pain inflection right. points right. i got a property management company with 50 employees because i got killed <laughs> on two deals by a third party and right. i was like devastated right. i had to do something right and just example after example example of, of extreme pain that was an inflection point for a new direction that led to something amazing right which i wish it wasn't that way right but that's right. how it is right that's how it yeah. is and i was on the way here um having the conversation like you know going through these different neighborhoods in san antonio you know we we're staying down on the river walk and, and it took us the back roads here and yep. going through different neighborhoods and you know and we just got into this conversation um and it was like, you know, sometimes I get into this, like, I'm not doing enough. I need to be doing more. I need to be doing more like scale, 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 blah, 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 blah. But then like, I have to remind myself sometimes like, Hey dude, like, you know, enjoy the journey. Like hundred yeah, percent. Like it's, you know, enjoy the process. Like you're going to have pain, but at every time you feel pain, you're going to figure out how to make, you know, build a better machine. Right. Right. And so like, just. Really, that's been taking me a long time to like kind of train myself, like, you know, enjoying the process. Like, you, as you've seen with your, you know, entire career, like at every turn, something's going to happen. You're going to get stronger. You're going to build bigger. And you something happened to teach you something so that you can take the next step. Love it. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, we, we have these goals and we try to achieve them and we're always growing and building. But really just like enjoying the process and like having fun at every turn and like right you know and and like you and i were kind of talking before this like you know we we build these teams and stuff and it's like okay like you know how can i improve this and find something that's i'm excited about you know and, and yep. different synergies and stuff so just really i mean my biggest probably to answer the question um to tell my younger self was you know uh learn to love the process. It's about the journey, which, which I think I did, but also, you know, you don't have to do it all on your own. Right. And, and, and you learn things from people that come from different backgrounds and have different skill sets. Yep. And, you know, maybe you do have different roles, but like you learn a lot and we can all do more together. Right. You know? And, and I kind of started out in, in sales where it was, not as much of an abundancy mentality. And so it, 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 you know, more of a scarcity mindset. And I think that's a lot of, you know, maybe sales jobs, but you know, as I've grown up in this industry, I mean, there's way more, there's more deals than we can do. We don't have to fight over deals. We yep. don't have to fight over investors. We don't, I mean, like, you know, we can all have fun and do deals together. Yep. Um, and so really just, you know, getting out of that I mindset and, you know, growing, with people that you like having fun with love it you know it's such a cool business yeah. from that perspective yeah and they're big deals like you can have a couple principles yeah multiple principles like the the dollar amount's so big that like 
yeah, that's worth doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. flipping a house, splitting that. Right. Uh, right. Right. It's like, I, I, and, and I'm, that's where I am now. Like we've, you know, we started on a 16, we did some, you know, smaller C deals. And now I'm like, let's do bigger B deals. There's going to be more equity needed. We're going to need more principals involved for different roles. But I'm yep. like, that sounds more fun to me now. And before, when I first started, I was like, I don't want all these people in my, in my business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But now that a part of the journey has been like, it's actually really freaking cool. Having right. like partners that you like hanging out with who have right. different roles, you learn stuff from them. And when everyone trusts we're in our lane, like we're doing big deals and we're all making, you know, we, we, we have a smaller part of the deal. But the deal's huge. The deal's huge. Yeah. So your 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 slice your small slice of the big pie is still more than your 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 own pie of yep. a small deal. Yep, hundred percent. I mean, I think our superpower as humans is cooperation. Right. You know, we're kind of these soft, no claws. We're pretty weak out there in the animal kingdom. Right. But you get five of us together and we can throw rocks with some decent <laughs> right, accuracy. Right. We kill a freaking lion. Yeah. You know, right. but it's the it's the cooperation. And the same thing I talk about, you know, the $40 million building or whatever. That's a big lion to kill. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you get a few of us cooperating and you can you can do it, which right. is like super it. powerful. Yeah. You know, super powerful. It's funny, though, that the default is like, I got to do it all. Right. You right. Know? Um, I, I don't know why that's the default. I, don't I mean, I, I don't fought, I've fought that for years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so interesting that, yeah. you know, that that's like something to overcome. Yeah. Well, one more thing to wrap up, Jimmy, I want to ask the, another question, you know, you have these calls all the time, but like, okay, I've done well in my corporate job. I know what, it seems like every adult knows they should be in real estate. Right. They don't, they don't know how. Right. Um, and then you're having that call with that first time person, like, well, maybe I should try out a syndication. What do you, what do you tell that person that's new to it? As a pat from a passive perspective, yeah, right? from a passive perspective of getting just participate, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, because for me, it was the same thing. Like, I always liked doing my own thing, but like, it's scary to quit a, a cush job, hundred percent, unless you have a pain point. Man, I'm, I'm hate, I hate this job. I'm gonna quit, or I got let go because of some other conflict that didn't really involve me, <laughs> right? You know, right? Um, and so like, I look back, and that was you know 2012. So it's been ten years. So I've been doing. And so I have these conversations with people who are like, I don't even know what it'd be like right. to be in corporate America again. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, and, and I joke around like I'm probably not hireable at this point. You know, yeah. like I just I, I, you know, bring a lion into the, you know, into a cage like it's that's going to be a tough. Yep. Um, and so, like, again, I, I think just like participate. And so, like, I have a lot of friends and investors that are. Um, you know, they're, they're living a corporate life. They're on, you know, they have this budget planned out and it's like, you know, and I'm like, Hey dude, like you don't, you don't have to throw a hundred grand, 200 grand, like, you know, like find a deal or even like, I know there's guys like us, like maybe my minimum's 50, 75, a hundred, but I do have a couple spots reserved for like lower amounts. So like, Hey, you know, like if like, like $25,000 is a lot of money. Sure. Right. You Objectively know? a lot of money, you know? Yep. Um, and it's like, you know, for me, I'm comfortable with big dollar amounts now just because we, you know, like raising $6 million. I'm like, okay, like you normalize it. Yeah. You normalize it. Right. right. Like, you know, and like you're going from doing $300,000 houses, add a couple zeros. Now you're doing $30 million deals. It's the same deal. Right. You just added zeros. Cause now it's normalized. And so like, you know, I have a lot of conversations with passive investors for us. And I'm like, Hey dude, like I want you to be in the deal. You know, you want to be in the deal. 
$75,000 feels way too risky. Yep. Let's do 25. Yeah. I don't do this for everyone. Sure. Let's do 25. And then I guarantee you, you'll enjoy the process. You'll love the process and you'll want to do more on the next one. Yeah. And if you don't, great. That's okay. Yeah. But yeah. let's try it. And so that's worked good for us. And I think it helps people because I remember when I started, I didn't, and this is also a funny story too. Like I'd flipped a hundred houses. Yep. Tried to get into multifamily. We tried buying a 20 unit deal, went to the bank. Bank said, Oh, what, what experience do you have? I'm like, Oh, I'm real estate broker. I've done a hundred houses. They're like, no, no, no. What multifamily experience do you have? And I'm like, none. And they're like, okay, don't care. Don't care. <laughs> I had the so same like, experience. It's know? so disheartening. Yeah. Like, and I've I'm, done the work. Oh, it's totally like I've done the work. Total buzzkill. Right. And so I was like, all right, I got to play the game. So I, went into deals as a passive and yep. I looked at like yep. five, six, seven deals, started learning it, got comfortable with it, invested in a deal, watched how they operated, how they sent their newsletters. And I'm really glad that I did that. Right. But like, it was the same thing. Like I had been making money on single family flips, but it was still hard to put in a, cause I, I was controlling my deals. Right. So now I'm investing in some, I'm investing in another jockey, right? Like, yep. I'm investing in this person. And so like it was it was tough to buy in and I did and all the deals worked out cuz I bet on the right jockeys. And so I just try to remember that when I'm raising money like people like you know maybe somebody might be sitting on half a million bucks. Sure. But like putting 50 betting $50,000 on me is still a big decision no until doubt. they've trusted the process. So right. you know, I know that it's difficult but I think like again, you know what I say is like just participate. And if yep. there's a dollar amount that you're comfortable with, it doesn't ever hurt to ask. Yeah. 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 I love it. Jimmy, thanks for sharing your story, man. I, this is awesome. I could, I could talk shop with you all day. So. Somebody that's listening wants to connect with you guys and your firm. How can they do that? Yeah. The best way, just go to our website. It's high five multifamily spelled out H I G H F I V E multifamily.com. It's got our bios. You can contact us. Everything's on there. Awesome. If you're listening, I'll put it in the show notes. You just go down, click the link, go through, check out Jimmy and his team. Jimmy, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome having you in the studio, brother. Thank you. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to DJETexas.com.